Scott and Liam versus Evil. So, obviously, you know how brilliant the weather's been these last two or three days. Maybe longer. I don't know. I've been working a lot. I can all the days merged into one recently. But today, I was driving, driving home on my break from work. Sun is shining. I'm listening to the Eels, uh, Mr. E's Beautiful Blues, perfect for a sunny day. The window's down. <laughs> driving across my quiet suburb. Everyone's out cutting the grass and washing the cars, keeping up with the Joneses. It's like the beginning to any, you know, modern horror film. And that's exactly what today turned into, a horror. As I could see four or five of my neighbours cutting their grass, all I could smell was the attacking pollen going up my nostrils and into my sinuses and just shutting them down and just making my nose flood with endless amounts of fluid that I don't know where it comes from, but it just would not stop. So now, after two hours, the last two hours at work, I have got a bright red beak and it's going to be all dry and sore for ages because blowing your nose just... This is, this is 2019 and there's no proper way to continuously blow your nose without fucking up the skin and about your nose, your nostrils. What is this? What is this? Fucking third world or something? Come on. <laughs> Have you not tried those Kleenex tissues? With they don't the, work. The, the soothing balm? Yeah, it's bullshit. They don't work. I, I've got quite a large nose and they work for me, so what's wrong with you? I just... I hate having, having to blow my nose. The biggest horror there was that you referred to your street as a suburb when you are not American. <laughs> what was I supposed to call it? A cul-de-sac. A cul-de-sac. A scheme. A street. <laughs> a scheme. A fucking <laughs> suburb. And also, Mystery's Beautiful Blues, you couldn't have picked a more stereotypical sun song. I, couldn't, I wasn't even listening to that. I don't even know what I was listening to. I, was probably, I think I was listening to uh, fucking... I was listening to some cowboy songs, obviously. Must have been. <laughs> to be honest, Mystery's Beautiful Blues is the sound of summer. It is. That is. Uh, I like to think that that's what the sun listens to when he's out. Oh yeah, definitely. The sun, the sun watches Road Trip and listens to that song. And wants to go on road trips. That's the only reason we want to go on road trips, so we can listen to that song with the windows down. Girl, we just sit in the house and do it without having to actually go on road trip, but... Yeah, because when I go outside, the pollen just attacks me. It's a, it's a horrible cycle. I just can't win. Welcome to Scott and Liam vs. Evil, episode 96. I'm Liam. And I am Scott. <laughs> okay. That was, that was me. That... I was trying something new. Alright. It worked. Yeah. You should probably give me a hit. You should have gave me a heads up before it. So. You just got in a spontaneous erection. Yeah, I know. It happens. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm sure everyone's missed their voices. It's been many moons. How, how long has it been? Like a month? I think it's, yeah, it's been about 31 moons, I think. I th- it's like, like, see if uh, we have a one menstrual cycle a year in the podcast, and that last month was it. I realise that menstrual cycles don't go for a month, but I'm trying. I'm extending it out. That it happens for a few days a month. We happen one month in a year. All right. So you're so you're saying that um, girls should just like try and combine all their menstrual cycles into one and just have them one month and that's them done. <laughs> no, that's not. No, what I'm no right, okay. at all. Okay. <laughs> no. Just just checking. <laughs> but that we sometimes just need a, a month break. I don't even know why I compared it to a menstrual cycle because <laughs> nothing. It was, you were you were so you were so much what? safer. You were so much safer when you were comparing it to lunar cycles. I have to say. <laughs> uh, so yeah. Anyway, we sometimes need a month break. Nothing, nothing at all like the menstrual cycle. 
uh, and we have had it. And do you feel refreshed and revigorated? And I, I kind of do. I, I did this morning, and now I just feel like my nose is allowing no breathe. So I'm breathing like you know, like a fat guy at a convention that's got like some. I, I don't have any examples. Way to offend ninety five percent of the audience. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm one of them. I'm a fat guy. I just I'm having trouble breathing right now. Um, honestly, I've like I've noticed recently my weight's been going up. Obviously, I say recently, like the past year, but today my my thighs have actually started chafing. I've got fucking like sweat rashes right up in my gooch, and that's definitely the sign of uh, clinical obesity. Yeah, that's fat. That was that was my that was me high school fat. My my legs just to rub together all the time. Wait till you get sweaty ass crack lines. That no, was I'm awful. Gonna... I'm going to, as soon as I'm off this, I'm going to go on an exercise bike, and I'm not going to get off it until Saturday. Right, okay. <laughs> I'm just going to go for not eating carbs before Saturday, so that I look as spelt as possible. <laughs> I don't know if it actually works. It, no, it, yeah, it kind of does. Like, It doesn't really work in the long terms, and you shouldn't really like rule out any kind of food groups, but if you don't want to, like carbs make me slightly bloated in terms, like from day to day, so like, if I've got like a shirt that I know is like a slightly snug on me, I'll just cut out carbs for a couple of days before... Uh, before I go uh, to that out and 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 it, and it fits pretty pretty well, so that's what I'm going to do because you listeners just now, if any are active on Facebook, you will know that there is a, an upcoming uh, technically which is currently running as, as an annual uh, drink meet up between ourselves and the sexy sexy guys behind the podcast under the stairs, which is obviously currently Duncan and used to be Barry, who's still floating about the background. And yeah, so we're getting ready for that on Saturday. When you're listening to this episode, we're probably maybe outside, in, which actually is supposed to be raining on Saturday, which is a bummer, but we'll be outside or in pubs drinking. Um, drinking ourselves stupid or stupid air. He said drinking is a surprise there, as if MD was expecting... Uh, yeah, coffee shops uh, and libraries. <laughs> yeah, a verb that wasn't drinking. You might find us in the Slam poetry. Dancing. Spoken word poetry. <laughs> Tweed jackets. That would have been more hard hitting than pausing and saying drinking. Yeah, yeah, sorry, yeah, I couldn't think of else. I just know I'm actually just worried about it because I'm so excited for this this uh, day out that I feel as if I'm going to like you know, blow all my enthusiasm straight away and be passed out in the train station by half past ten. Spiked again like the last time me and you went out on our own. <laughs> We've definitely had more nights out like since then, but thanks for remembering. Yeah. I know I mean <laughs> I mean on our own. Yeah, I think we've had nights out on our own. Maybe I just dream of them. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, this episode, which is a long time coming, uh, was chosen by the group. They we kind of put up a poll. I can't actually remember how we done it. It was that long ago. Some sort of poll happened, yeah. and basically the movie that was picked was Event Horizon from nineteen ninety seven, directed by Paul W S Anderson. It stars Lawrence Fishburne, Sam Neill, Kathleen Quinlan, Jolie Richardson, etc, etc. Uh, I had no idea that you didn't like this film until you, literally about an hour ago. Do you know, it's, it's, not that I, it's not that I don't like it, it's just that I don't understand where all the love comes. It's like a sci-fi film with horror elements, right? Which is fine, That's, that fits <sighs> into, um, to, into our podcast niche. But it's like, I always remember it from... Uh, the Family Guy episode, I don't know if you recall, the one where um, Chris has got a job, I think it's at the video store, but it's at the guy who works at the video store has got a job with them, it's either in the video store or in the, just the shop. And um, 
I think perhaps Meg gets the job first, and then Chris gets the job, and he's like so much better that he sacks Meg, so he comes in. It's so... crazy how much Family Guy confuses you. Yeah, <laughs> shocking, isn't it? So Chris goes in to try and like get Meg's job back. So he goes in and says, "Give him my sister my job, but our job back." And he says, "No, I can't. She's uh, she's still sacked." And he says, hmm, "Because I watched Event Horizon last night." And he says, "Oh my God, we have so we have to talk about this." And it's the guy who does the voice of Bob Sparkles that does this character. We have to talk about this. He says, "Well, maybe I'll, we'll talk about it if you give Meg a." And she says, she's hired. She's hired. I'm like, well, what's what's all the the fun? Because I don't get it. I think he's saying that it's uh what did you call it? A space movie with horror elements? Yeah. It's fucking ridiculous because it is horror all the way. Everything about this movie uh, is horror Yeah, film. no, it's, it's horrific. Can I just read out to you what um, actually was said uh, by uh, the super-duper critics of Rotten Tomatoes? The critics' consensus is, despite a strong opening that promises sci-fi thrills... Event Horizon quickly devolves into an exercise of style over substance whose flashy effects and gratuitous gore fail to mask its over-reliance on horror cliches. But critics are wrong all the time. Mm -hmm. Technically, we're critics. Yeah, but critics are are also right all the time as well. So, I mean... What do you think the critics said about the fucking personal shopper? (laughs) They fucking loved it. Which is... They did, did they? I think they did. Did Did they not? I think it gives a higher rating than Rotten Tomatoes. Ah, uh, but so yeah, exactly. This this movie is incredible. Yeah, well, let's let's talk about it. Then. We'll, we'll... Hey, let let's play the trailer, and okay. then we'll we'll find out how how wrong Scott is and why. Okay. This morning, TDRS picked up an automated navigation beacon broadcasting at two minute intervals in Neptune orbit. Neptune orbit. This is incredible. It's the event horizon. She's come back. The event horizon was the culmination of a secret government project to create a spacecraft capable of faster than light flight. The ship doesn't really go faster than light. What it does is it creates a dimensional gateway that allows it to jump instantaneously from one point of the universe to another light years away. Where has she been for the last seven years, Doctor? That's what we're here to find out. After seven years in deep space. There were 18 people on board this ship when it disappeared. I want them all accounted for. Opening outer door. It came back abandoned. Any crew? Negative. This place is a tomb. But it didn't come back alone. Captain Miller! I've got some problems here! been beyond the boundaries of our universe. Who knows where it's been and what it's brought back with it. Did you hear that? What is it? The ship is reacting to us and the reactions are getting stronger. What are you telling me? That this ship is alive? I have such wonderful things to show you. Oh my God. It knows my secrets. My fears. Vacate. I want off this ship. I can't leave. She won't let you. God help us. 
So Event Horizon, the synopsis is a rescue crew investigates a spaceship that disappeared into a black hole and has now returned with someone or something new on board. Uh, was this a first time watch for you? No. It was a second time, second time watch. A second time watch yeah. was the first time that after the confusing Family Guy episode. I don't know when the first time was. Uh, I honestly don't remember. It was so uneventful. That event because it's not span <laughs> New Horizons <laughs> for me. <laughs> <laughs> you could try that one again later. Yeah. Uh, I I have picked this up in Asda like the early two thousands, probably for about a fiver. When did it come um, out? 1997. Okay. August 1997. But, like, when people were picking it in the group, I was like, oh shit, sweet. Uh, I love an excuse to go back and watch a film that I've maybe really enjoyed that I've not seen in years because I've had no reason to go back and watch it. So when Event Horizon was winning, I was like, ah, oh, right, sweet. I, I remember enjoying this. Uh, and then you didn't say anything. You've not mentioned it at all. Yeah. Just talking in the group. Yep. So I'm I was really... keeping my cards close to my chest in this one. I'm really quite surprised. I'm surprised you don't like it for a start, and I'm surprised that you don't see the horror bits of it, like the, or how incredibly horrific it is. So let's go through your semi-intelligent notes and see what happens. Okay, okay. <laughs> now that's obviously just in relation to Sam Neill because he's in this movie and he's alright. Now, that's he me. was also in Red Dwarf? Uh, no. That, that did not sound like Jurassic Park. That was definitely Jurassic Park. It was not Jurassic Park at all. See, this is the thing, because I've just went and sang Jurassic Park, and you're like, that's not Jurassic Park, whereas I just watched The Event Horizon, and I'm like, that was not a good movie, and you are all like, I was. <laughs> so, you see how stuff is objective and subjective in this world? <laughs> now, this movie starts off with a lovely techno music intro. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, and then it gives you some uh, some some graphics to tell you where humanity is at this point in time. So in 2015, we set up Moon People. Well, we're currently a bit late for that. Uh, you can't fault the movie for being wrong about the future. Who can he? You, anyone. Because if movies were right about the future, like bang on the money, then I think there'd be questions asked. Yeah, it's a, it's time a, yeah well, it's a risk. Well, the Simpsons, the Simpsons do it all the time. And the questions do get asked. And they just say, I oh, will look how many times we were wrong. That's, exactly. That's, that's fair enough. Um, <laughs> well, it's fair enough for The Simpsons to get it wrong, but, oh no, God forbid that the directors of Event Horizon get it wrong. Um, no, well, the, the, the Event Horizon got some things right. We'll get to them. <laughs> uh, but it also said it's, it's currently in a... This is currently happening in 2047, and I've, I thought, I can't wait to watch this in 2047 and see how far into space we actually are. Uh, probably uh, no further than we are now if we're not already dead. Yeah, well, you're not be long dead in 1947. No. Uh, 1947? <laughs> 2047. I, sh- if, if I potentially could live to about 19, uh, 2065, I think. Six, 2065, 2070, I think, is uh, mm. roughly that's what I'm aiming for. I don't know. I, I don't think you'll see past Sunday. <laughs> well, that's, that's also a possibility. Now, I think if you went to colonise Mars or the Moon, it would fuck you up psychologically. See, like not having a blue sky or green grass or anything that we consider stress relieving about the great outdoors, it would be a mind fuck to have sunlight but a black sky. Do you think? I, but I, Peter, no, just 
you're not just getting thrust into it. You're obviously going through like that Mars thing you were talking about a month or two ago. Yeah. Where you go through years of preparation before you get put up there, so you've probably spent like a year in the dark anyway. But it's still, I think it's still fuck you up. Unless you were born on the moon, in which case then it's all you, you would know. So it's only about fuck up the first generation. That sounds like it could be such a sad story about the lonely moon boy. Yeah. <laughs> like the old pedo in the moon for uh, Marks and Spencer's is, or John Lewis's advert one Christmas. I don't remember. The... Do you remember the moon pedo? No. It was like this wee lassie who kept looking at the moon and then she got a big massive telescope for Christmas and she looked through it and there was a wee old man in the moon waving at her. You're like, fucking hell man, there's a wee pedo, a wee moon pedo. <laughs> If he's only waving, he's not a paedophile. <laughs> That's how it starts. <laughs> so the, the ship that they go on, you know, I think this is Lawrence Fishburne's ship, uh, it's called the, the Lewis and Clark. Now it's 24-7 and Lewis and Clark are still the most relevant people to name it after. Okay. <laughs> uh, Sean Pertwee's in this movie. Thumbs up. Yep. And then he says, uh, then they say they're going out to Jupiter or whatever, Neptune or whatever, as far as the, the event horizon got. And they're obviously going after that. And he says, uh, why, why didn't he go there? Why can't we go to Mars? Mars is women. And I thought, I think that's where Rob Zombie got the influence for his song. No, I think he probably got the influence for his song from like the old kind of 50s movies like uh, Mars Needs Women and uh, Red Hot Mars Babes. That might not be a movie. There was <laughs> loads yeah. of like, schlock uh, shit in the kind of late 40s and the 50s that were all about women and Mars. Like the Amazonian kind of big giant woman, like things like that, also existed in Mars. It was actually a bit. It was a better time, wasn't it? Yeah. Like, why did they always have that hydraulic press sound when people get injected in the neck? Why isn't just an injection enough? And why is it always in the neck? That's just for the audience effect, isn't it? But if I ever get an injection in the neck, I think I'll pass out before it happens. So maybe that is a noise injection. I don't think there's ever a reason. Like right now, the injections we've got just now are. Good enough. I don't know why you need to have a, an injection gun and then you shoot it in the neck. There's just... It, it's complete cliche for movies. There's no need for that. There's never a need to inject in the neck unless... Unless, yes, you need to inject in the neck. <laughs> that was obviously medical reasons why you would go into the neck, the, like the Hickman line and stuff, which gives me the heebie-jeebies. But um, for the most part, just general injections, you don't need to go into the neck. Well, maybe whatever drug they're injecting has to be injected in the neck if it doesn't get injected in the neck it doesn't work no because it's just your veins your blood system is the exact same doesn't matter maybe the blood system is not the same it is the same maybe by 2047 we've evolved slightly into a different blood system no (laughs) so apparently you're getting the injection because they're all going to be put into like gravity defying like stuff because if you don't go into the gravity defying stuff you'll, you'll melt or something they tell them yeah Right, so what my question is though, when they're all getting put in the repods, how does the last guy plug himself in? It's already plugged in, he basically just shuts it over. Mm. Uh, so <laughs> we get a scene here, yeah. we get a scene where Sam Neill gets woke up early, or is it a dream? I tell you what's a definite fact, when he's shirtless, he is majorly sucking in his gut. <laughs> he's the kind of guy, like slim fat guy, which is also a joke from Family Guy, when they pull their um, trousers up really high and suck in their guts. I'm glad you finally understood one Family Guy joke. <laughs> You're getting there. Yeah. Uh, I think Sam Neill's had a dad body since he was like six. Yeah, well, the, the thing is, back then he didn't need to have any other body. That was the good body back then, so 
It's a good body now. Yeah, well, I yeah, I'd probably, that kind of yeah, yeah, I'd actually go for a, a, that body just now. Um, so it turns out, yes, it was a dream, and he shot himself. Yeah. That scream he does is probably the only annoying part of about this film. Like, it's not really a screamy terror. It's more like a kind of just as he stares at his uh, eyeless wife. Yeah. Puts me off Samuel a wee bit. Then he redeems it with the rest of the film. Um, one of the crew is watching home movies on an iPad. That's the reality now, which is it's quite good. I'm quite glad we actually invented that because, you know, like video calling and these things are just like common, common like FaceTime, Skype. These are just common things now. Also, then, we. You're taking a lot of credit there for something <laughs> you'd fuck up yeah. and do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well. <laughs> okay. Why, right? Why would they all go on this mission happily, seven years after, a sh- like seven years after the ship went missing in that region? Like their job is the, the the ship, the Event Horizon, was going to go to the edge of the solar system with people on it and see how far they could get. That was the the plan. That it went missing, mm-hmm. and then it just appeared again. Yep. They covered it up. The government or the space program whatever covered it up to say that it had uh, been destroyed or it blew up or whatever, but that was only to hide the fact that they just completely lost contact and then it came back with a signal and so it was a bit spooky and a bit creepy. So nobody told them until they were on the ship, until they were flying out to it. And um they're all you've at mi- right. No, you've missed no? you've missed the story. Well that is the story. They were already out on a mission that was them heading back from mining or whatever they're doing and that was them heading back and then this distress call thing happened and because they were the closest ship they were getting sent on it and it was like uh, you don't really have a choice where did, where did Sam Neill come from and how did he get on their boat he boarded them at a space station hmm. so they like they have to then go and see this and that's what Lawrence Fishburne says like, did they not have a choice yeah, they don't have a choice when the call comes through you've got to do it and he tries to get a replacement for the one of the female characters uh, because she wants to go and see her son but because it was such short notice and that they couldn't get a replacement because it's they're actually meant to be going home that it's at the end of their their mission or the end of their job see when it comes to things like that see in real life I'd just be like no fuck you I quit where are you going to go you going to just float about in space to somebody I'm going to drive oh the whole crew's got to quit and we're going to drive home I mean, you don't control the whole crew. If anything, you're the janitor. You have, you don't have any say at all. Definitely the captain. You're not the captain. To be a captain, you have to have twenty twenty eyesight. Um, not. So where do you go? Necessarily. You do. I can see the. I can see the uh, dashboard. That's what I need to see. Now, <laughs> uh, I do have to point out that, like, obviously, you're telling me they're getting forced to go on the mission, so this this note kind of is not makes sense, but. I would like to have heard the that singular transmission before accepting the mission. Thank you very much. This is when they get to listen to them this transmission from the Event Horizon. Yeah. Um, now, he, well, one no, of the, no, no, that's been answered. Scrub that note off. Yeah. Uh, one of the guys has got a can of 1997 Coke on his dashboard. But here's my question. The anti-grav tanks, they go in at the start to stop their skeletons liquefying. How come that doesn't happen to just regular stuff? Just, it doesn't... Uh super fast time travel doesn't affect things in a fridge yeah but how come the stuff is not in the <laughs> fridge like the coke oh no the coke's in the fridge like the chairs it also doesn't affect furniture <laughs> okay did you believe that fridge thing for a second well I was no I, I didn't believe it. no I actually thought you meant 
their bodies were in the fridge. I was like, I wasn't, I'm not talking about the people, I'm talking about the stuff. <laughs> but I have no idea, Scott. I think you just have to just... You, no, you can't make a sci-fi movie and give like reasons and, and give science and not back up if somebody asks every, a very simple question. Every sci-fi film in history made shit up. Well, they should have had an answer for it. <laughs> um, Larry Fishburne's top secured chair is daft looking. <laughs> Pointless. There's absolutely no need for his chair to be attached at the roof and see the on the floor. Well, is that not quite a cool way to get about? No, it looks daft. I don't like it. Uh, I also, why do they keep sharing fags? Oh, that's uh, cigarettes for the American listeners. Uh, because time might have evolved, but I'd still go to us and a, a cigarette. <laughs> Who is it? <laughs> um, when you're in, in space and you don't want to smoke a full cigarette and you think, I just want a wee bit of a Nicky buzz, you, you go empty one twos and then whoever's head of the science team or be like that actually be aye I'll go twos and then you're twos in the cigarette that's it you don't need to waste half a cigarette each especially when they'll obviously be limited cigarettes on board because of the weight yeah okay okay I'll accept I'll accept <laughs> um, now the this is when they find the event horizon and they dock it uh, and it's freezing right it's deep freezing because it's they've no had any of the central heating running for a while and um there's no gravity in it, so that stuff's floating about. But there's water bottles floating past the screen, and you can hear the water sloshing about in the bottles. But it's supposed to be deep freeze. Yes, this is this is this is no, it doesn't matter. This is another yeah. um, scientific mistake that they have made. However, now you mentioned CGI, the CGI so far is okay, and it's not aged too badly for what it is. You know, when you see like the different things floating about the ship, and yeah. I think because they haven't went overboard on that, that's why oh, it just thought- subtly you thought it was rubbish. It looked like the Ivo 65 music video for that um, Blue Dabba Dee Dabba Die song. I thought that's what the CGI looked like. I don't remember that video, but I thought, I know, I thought, I thought, what I thought, you, you don't remember that video? I remember the song, but I don't remember the video. Oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, this is the, my issue with 90s movies. The CGI is always so dated, whereas the rest of this film does things practically, like with the models of the ship and the kind of other practical effects, veins popping out and shit later. Uh, that still looks fucking brilliant now, but obviously in the nineties they were trying to shoot on CGI and everything, and I think just let's all sack CGI for a while because even like Jurassic World scene, fucking 10, 15 years, well look at that and go, oh how dodgy was that CGI? Do it practically, build real dinosaurs, build real spaceships, yeah, have real water bottles floating about in space, so Scott doesn't moan that there's fucking water in them. No, it's because it wasn't frozen. It wasn't ice. That was what my moan was. Totally but justified. There's, but there's all liquid later that is still kind of in liquid form. Because they've turned the heat on. Were you watching the same film I was? I, they've not turned the heat on. They have, on. but they get the gravity back on. They get the ship up and running. Oh, I forgot the scene where they went on and turned on the central heating. Hey, we just need to take it for granted that the, sh- the ship will heat up when the engines are on. You need to take for granted that the water in that bottle isn't actually water. It's something that doesn't freeze. Vodka, good vodka. <laughs> right. uh, so uh, somebody says Copsicle, which is funny. We <laughs> laugh at dead body. Um, scanning for life forms with a green laser, cliche, the same thing that any GBX stage show will do. Do you know what GBX is? GBX, aye. George Bowie experience. <laughs> George Bowie has never had a stage show. 
<laughs> that's not a stage show. No? That's someday. That's someday with a DJ deck and a disco light. <laughs> Calling it a stage show makes you think that uh, he's like fucking dead mouse. Right, 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 okay, I'll go with dead mouse then. <laughs> More current, down with the kids. I know what I'm talking about. Uh, right, this <laughs> n- next note is ridiculous, but I'm going to read it out because I'm, I'm full, transparency, full transparency for the listeners. Alright? <laughs> Let me read the whole thing. I just seen Sam Neill and Julia Richardson close up in a scene together, and she was in Jurassic Park with him, yeah? Not a mind blow, but I should have clicked that earlier. Wait, but I'm also wrong, and it wasn't her, it was Laura Dern. Back to the programme. <laughs> have you ever watched a film before? <laughs> <laughs> Look, my, my notes are just a stream of consciousness. I, met, I didn't meet Julia Richardson once. I shared a tea and a meringue in the same room as her. Was she in uh, Flat Vampire? No. Uh, it's just that we ate on set for a little vampire. We didn't eat anything. <laughs> I, was, I was ushered on stage to an extra in one scene and ushered back off. Why were uh, you eating meringues with Julie Richardson? Because we were in the Willow Tea Rooms in Glasgow and there was a woman sitting in the corner herself and I, I recognised her and I was like, who, who is that? We were young, we were like, I think it was an open day at uni so we were skiving school. I was looking over and Eventually she got him smiling and said hi. So I was like, oh, it must be somebody's mum for like, the gym, the sporter. Because they all look like really kind of fancy single hot cougar mums. And it wasn't. It was only after she left. There was an old couple next to me. And they were like, is that the lassie for Nip Tuck? And I was like, oh my God, that is the lassie for Nip Tuck. <laughs> and that's who it was. So she said hi to me because I kept staring at her. Mm. And because she obviously fancied young fucking 14-year-old. Of I've, I've heard she's a pedo. Um, you can't just throw that out there Joe Richardson is not a paedophile <laughs> I uh, I once shared a train ride with uh, Al Murray a train's way bigger than the Willow Tea Rooms though so you well I really shared a train it. coach then why was he on the train? I don't know, I can't remember where I was going <laughs> that's actually happened yeah definitely mm-hmm. yeah 100% uh, so <laughs> Um, they, they walk through some kind of spinning tunnel but that's like the one you walk through in the science centres that's just what they've done there <laughs> now when they switch on the central heating and they switch the gravity back on the frozen body smashes into the floor and that's pretty awesome I like that yeah now they, there's a there's a, a quote you got enough air for 20 hours but after that we better be uh, on our way home I'd, I'd have that fucker kicked into gear the minute the bodies were back in the ground man just like just, just drive it back to earth <laughs> also doesn't really make sense if we've got enough air for whatever, 20 hours, and after that we better be on our way home, after the 20 hours, they won't be breathing. So they'd hopefully be on their way home like 10 hours before the 20. Yeah, how long does it take to get back from Neptune? I'm pretty <laughs> sure it takes about a good, like, 10 months. Yeah, well, maybe not. Oh no, because they can just do the, the black hole thing. And go. That's the reason they're in the fucking mess in the first place. Yeah. Would you not just wish... You had an audiobook that was just Sam Neill explaining space. No. Even if it was wrong. My ne- no, my next note is uh, Sam Neill needs a swift jab in the chops, the condescending nerd. <laughs> he's, he's a scientist. Aye. Fucking and big, they asked for, layman, layman, for it in layman's terms. Aye. So. And he didn't give him in layman's terms, he was still being a prick. Aye, and then he gave it in layman's terms, and that's the audiobook I want to listen to. Yeah, well, let's strip to the waist and wrestle, you prick, and let's see how, how good you tell me the story then. I got so excited there because I thought that was an actual threat. To, my, to me no, you've, like, oh, you've tried to choke me too many times I don't like getting choked <laughs> in a sexy way yeah <laughs> scary man 
Uh, my my chokes are scary. Yeah. I'm listening to an audiobook now. I've started getting into audiobooks. I can never get into them because I was always like uh, my attention span is fucking awful, and like I'd be driving and just I'd zone out and then I'd zone back in about three chapters down. Yeah, and miss everything. Yeah, that's what I do. I zone out. Yeah. Say things. Well, I'm now listening to a Japanese samurai history book, and I'm actually like I'm getting into it. Like, I can actually follow it for, like, extended periods of time and take in some information. I just wanted to get that in there. That's why I thought about Sam Neill doing the audiobook. I thought yeah. that's one that I would listen to next. That is... I, I don't think I can read... I don't think I can get into them yet because... Um, <laughs> I don't think you can read them. <laughs> <laughs> because uh, I will zone out and miss so much. Um, kind of like me when I watch movies also. I zone out and miss a lot. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway... Every, every fucking week. Yeah, but, I mean, I get the gist. Now, they, these characters have already been fanning about for over an hour before they even start looking at this gravity sphere. Was this out at the same time as Sphere? Was, sphere was before it. Sphere was like 1996, I think. I actually don't know when Sphere was. Sphere was 1998, so it was the year after nah, I think it's all right. Um, <laughs> so, basically, I'm wondering, right, if they will ever manage to invent this sort of technology in our lifetime. They've managed to see a black hole now and managed to create energy with the particle accelerator. They're doing all this shit all the time. Eventually, we could go to Mars in like 10 seconds. Yeah. Would you go a holiday to Mars? No. Right. I'm scared of women. <laughs> yeah. Ang- angry red women. <laughs> uh, I would go as long as it didn't make me hallucinate sick kids with gangrene legs. <laughs> Which space is known to do. Yes, it does it to the women in this movie. Yeah. You're not getting the, the kind of Asking feel in this film um kind of kind of i'm just i don't know i mean this is why i was confused that you said it was a space movie with horror elements when the main concept of this film is that they tear a they, they tear a hole into like a dimension beyond us so hell i know but they, they just they say that but then they don't really they don't really do it with it you just get these hallucinations and then they rip their eyes out and then that's it yeah, mutilated bodies, eyes ripping out, bleeding, screaming, hell. Exactly like basking. Even like 13 ghosts. I don't feel that it, it matched up. Do you know? I did this industrial green kind of tinged spaceship story mixed with this red hot hell story and I just felt as if they didn't meld together. I felt as if I, somebody had spliced like scenes for two different films and joined them together. There's not meant to be anything scarier than your concept of hell. The idea of hell is your worst nightmares so that's the scary thing how do you make that scarier you put it in space because everything's fucking scarier in space I like space also space, like, is, space is terrifying though my idea of hell is sitting in rush hour traffic every day but is it really yeah so you'd rather, you'd rather die and for the rest of eternity be in a, a space capsule with people with no eyes fucking crab crawling at you rather than spending eternity sitting in rush hour traffic yeah, yeah absolutely because think how exciting it would be in the spaceship see sitting in tra- I'm already feeling I'm already feeling anxious and tense just thinking about being stuck in traffic for eternity It's it would be awful I seen a car crash yesterday in traffic it was like we weren't even going anywhere but they still managed to bump into three cars it's like it was, it's 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 just mind numbing. See, because I work shifts, it's the only good thing about working twelve-hour shifts is I don't need to sit in fucking traffic. I wouldn't need to sit in traffic anyway. I live two minutes away from my work, but if I had to commute on motorways and sit in rush hour traffic, I would fucking blow my brains out, man. So that sounds like your worst nightmare is something that you never actually encounter. 
when was the last time you sat in long rush hour? Like sometimes if I'm like on a day off and I drive to the shops or something and forget that it's like that rush hour time and then I'm stuck with all the other fannies that fucking go to work <laughs> at 95. Do you know what I mean? Hate yeah, it. I think, I think our ideas of hell <laughs> differ greatly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Mine's is worse. Right. Um... So, so there's a bit, right, so Justin, one of the characters has been outside, and he's been, like, outside, like, in space with no suit on, so he's fucked, right? He's, uh, and then, um, they're, like, he starts having a seizure, and he's like, shit, Justin's seizing, and needs medical attention, I better drop all my medical equipment and take off my medical gloves. You know? Daft scene. <laughs> Did you just refer to this scene as a person? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, um... The, the core has apparently can't activate itself, but it has activated itself, all right? This is um, either either Sam Neil doesn't know how to work his machine, or he's being a, a liar and hiding how powerful it actually is. Now, um, he goes to try and sort it. He climbs into the core. But why does the core exist with wee tunnels to crawl through? That seems fucking hella daft, do you know think so? To get in and fix it, if it all... Why, is it, why it? do you have the wee tunnels, like wee, wee bits like that? Why would it just be like a wall of stuff? I don't know. I didn't build it. Right. So um, no, actually, so I think he he might be slightly hiding for the truth, but when he's in the tunnels, he sees uh, a bird when the eyes shows up and tells him forever. And now he wants Miller's help, the shite bag. It's his uh, ex-wife, or it's his wife who died. Because she probably did condescending to him, so she'd fucking slit her wrist in the bath. <laughs> That's a character arc that I don't remember. Yeah, she could put up with his fucking bullshit and his shite. Like, see if you really wanted to be, see if you built the Event Horizon, you should have went on the ship, stop telling me how good it is, you should have went with it. <laughs> is that you being his wife? Yeah, yeah. Are you in the bath at this point, or this, is this... Yeah, because uh, he's standing at the door fucking the talking through to me, still telling me, it's a power core, it can't activate itself, we're going to see the edge of space. I'm like, Gary, just shut up. <laughs> you know? Ask me about Maddie. Ask me about I did. <laughs> I've been working as the, the fucking primary school for ages and I've got to be headmaster of the primary school but you've never asked me in my day, you know? But it's sexist that Sam Neill's wife can only be a primary school teacher. <laughs> of course she can't only be a primary school teacher. If Sam Neill asked her what she wanted to do, she would tell She would tell him <laughs> that she actually quite enjoys uh, cycling and she was considering uh, sign up to do a triathlon because she was getting really fit because he's always away fucking working on his spaceship and she's been hitting the gym. She's like, I'm actually quite fit. So she's thinking about running a marathon. She's thinking about um, cycling and she's like, why don't I just try a triathlon? Because I can do it because I'm a woman and I can do fucking anything. But Sam Neil knows a lot about science, so he's probably said to her, listen, I understand your enthusiasm, but you can't just go from zero to triathlon. You've got to work up to it. Let's do a swim. Let's so, do uh, a I, and that's what, she's already, that's what she's already doing, but Sam Neil keeps putting her down and telling her she can't do it, so that's how he's the prick. And the fact of the matter is, he's jealous that she's getting slim, looking fucking damn sexy, and he's still sucking in his gut. So that's why he cut her wrists in the bath and that's why he needs to jump on to the event horizon to get away from the murder that he's committed holy fuck there's so much in this movie that's, that's that just needs a wee bit of uh, understanding if she's in the bath talking to him about her day as a primary school teacher why is Sam Neill at the door talking to her all about how like we need to get through space because he thinks Sam's he's the only important one he also thinks he's on a ship when he's talking to his primary school teacher wife in the bath yeah right okay he's lost it yeah yeah, I can understand why you didn't get this film. Yeah. So, uh, Larry sees someone come out of the water on fire. 
Yes. Yep. And then Sam Sam Neil lies that he hasn't seen anything. There's always that one scientist that's more focused on the work than the safe, safety of the people. Fucking trope. Then there's an airlock scene. It's actually pretty intense. Um, yeah. I don't remember which one this is. Glad you don't know about it though. Oh no, wait. Is this is this when? Oh no. So so Justin hasn't been outside. He was seasoned before because he had seen he had been like infected with whatever they had brought back from the black hole. And that's why he was seizing. But then he gets up, he's like kind of possessed almost, and then he goes into the airlock and shuts it, and then he comes back to being his own self. But the, the airlock's quite open, and he's got no space to on, and he's got to float out. Yeah, and he tries to kill himself through the airlock. Yeah, but then he, like the demon or whatever it is makes him kill himself, and then he comes back to being himself when it's too late. And that's when uh, Larry Fishbone looks in a spacesuit and manages to kind of fly-dive thing to catch him as he gets sucked out, and then they can shut the door and keep him in. Do you keep calling him Larry Fishbone? Barry Fishburne. Alright. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it also sounds like you gave him a random pimp name. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually going to start calling him Larry Fishbone from now on. <laughs> oh, so I was like, why? Earlier on you said that and I went, why is he calling him Larry Fishbone? Is that a character, is that a character on something I've not seen before? Right, no, it's not. Okay. Um, so anyway, Larry Fishbone. Larry Fishbone, right, uh, saves the day. Uh, well, I don't know if he does save the day. You'd probably better just let him float away because he's pretty fucked up. And then Sam Neill's kicking about on the throne like Space Jesus. <laughs> Jesus never sat on a throne, so I don't know what Space Jesus is doing on a throne. <laughs> so one of the one of the uh, ship workers manages to take that uh, transmission and clean it up. They'd found they'd heard some Latin in it, as always, and uh, <laughs> they cleaned it up. And then it was showed like a video that was like the end of society. It was like, you know what I mean? Uh, what would you what would you think, right, if they cleaned up the video and you saw that society nightmare sex orgy and folk pulling their own eyes out? You'd be exactly like Larry, wouldn't you? Larry Fishbone. We're leaving. <laughs> if I had a name like Larry Fishbone, I would be fucking front and centre at that uh, sex party. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be like, ladies, I'm Larry Fishbone. And then let's get down to it. Less say the eye gouging out. Yeah, less of the eye gouging out, aye. More just balls getting Night- tickled. Nightmare sex Fish- orgy. Fishbone. Yeah, fishbone balls getting tickled. Now, is the ship alive? And is it running in conjunction with Sam Neill? No. No, okay, just checking. <laughs> now, it must manipulate people's brains fully to make you walk back to like the sphere because I'm sure you would be able to question that reality and think, is my disabled son on this ship running around uh, the gravity core or am I seeing things? Yeah, well... Obviously, the whole point of Hell Estate is that you kind of lose, lose your kind of senses and logic. So, the thing you see to you is real because your mind's fucking breaking away. That's the science. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, so then she's obviously she thinks she's seen a disabled son run about the ship. So she kind of chases after this vision, and then she has a pretty brutal fall. She falls down into the kind of water that surrounds the core, but she lands on like the grating and uh, like. Explodes, which you know, when people fall from a great height, they explode. Yeah, she did that. <laughs> she exploded. Yeah. So now, a question then: Is the ship trying to kill them all? Well, do you get it after watching it to the end? Which I hope you did. To get did what? You get what's actually going on? No. That they've ripped a portal to hell, so it can be that this either they're all dead, and this is hell, or. Maybe someone from the other dimension or something is controlling them and maybe just like toying with them, torturing them. 
Uh, so I don't think the actual ship's doing anything. Right, so there's, but there's some kind of entity like within it's the ship. More, it's more that the yeah by creating the black hole they've torn another hole, and maybe some. There's a lot of holes getting torn at that sexy sex party. I tell you, <laughs> yeah, eye holes for one. <laughs> yeah. Um. So this is when we get to kind of see this flashback fully of Sam Neill's um situation. So her his wife killed herself and then he relives it. That's kind of his hell. But my question is, when she killed herself and she slit her wrist, why did she wear pants in the bath? Just her boobies are out, you, but her pants are on. She wasn't in the right mind. If, if just, she see, you know what I mean? More, just pay that wee bit more. extra and get some bush because it makes <laughs> it more believable for me. If she felt low enough to kill herself, then maybe just she had really lost her mind and wanted to wear pants in the bath. Possibly. Possibly. And also they did... Uh, the studios had a lot of fucking about with this. Uh, like they didn't have a whole lot of production time for a movie this size. The cut, the director's cut, was very kind of short. They to take a lot out because I think Paramount wanted it to be uh, like PG thirteen. Really? Take all the violence out and then put some back in and really kind of rein it back. So there's a probably a good chance that if there was ever Bush or if there was ever going to be Bush, Paramount had said, "Guys, no Bush." It's always the wrong decision. <laughs> um, or also, you could maybe say that because she knows that people um, shite themselves when they die, that she that she'd just be happy if like a big blood bath that she's sitting in rather than a big shitey bath. Aye. There's a more glamorous end, isn't it? Um, a big shitey bath. bath. Absolutely horrible. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see that video uh, recently of like there's a college dorm somewhere in America, like um the dormitory and a sewage pipes burst and literally the hallway is gushing with fucking sewage with fucking human piss and shit just pouring out down the walls and out into the corridor and filling up in all the rooms like it's like a tidal wave coming out one of this, these burst pipes it is looks awful and I can only imagine that you need to knock that building down you need to knock <laughs> it fully down to the ground and start again I thought you you would burn it <laughs> you would just oh you imagine the smelly burning the... shit uh. oh, gross uh, right, so Sam. Right, so basically, Sam Neil sees this horrific image, and is he so distressed by this image that he'd rather pull his own eyes out than see it again? Is that is that the idea? He, Ever figured out? No, he's possessed by whatever it is that's climbed aboard the ship. So that's why he's kind of like superhuman now that he has no eyes. Yeah, he's okay. He he's now the he is the entity. So he's how we see whatever this is on board the ship. Right. Okay. Okay. Uh, also then so I think the Lewis and Clark gets blown up they have no chance of getting home so you'd be as well just killing yourself no? Uh, yeah or just fuck it just keep fighting until until you run out of air anyway. yeah, yeah. Um, quite, a ho- quite a horrible way to die though running out of air yeah I think it would be pretty awful um, now there is a kind of brutal way to leave someone lying at this point but I don't know who but Sam Neill does it because it's pretty impressive to manage to do that without any eyes, is what I've wrote. I don't remember what bit you're talking about. Right, doesn't matter, because the next notes are, <laughs> the next notes are better. Sam says, I have such sights to show you. A hellraiser. And he also says, where we're going, we don't need eyes. Back to the future. Get your aim lines. They also have a rivery blood like The Shining. Yeah, and yep. the I wrote that bleeding. somewhere. Like Amityville Horror. Yeah, and and now the river of blood from The Shining, is this all on purpose? Yeah, I think it was. Yeah. <laughs> and then and it's also like Empire Strikes Back now with the, the breached hull and all the space is sucking all the stuff out. 
But that could then be like any space film. Aye, okay. <laughs> uh, there's also no fucking way he'd be able to pull himself up with that rope like that. You know, with a hole into space behind him. It's just not believable. This is that you, you, you're checked out now. Yeah. Uh, so, they are home and safe. Or are they? Are they? You don't know. That is up to you to decide. Uh, nah, indeed. Time breed. So, I can tell you didn't quite like it. Obviously, you can also tell, like every other film you don't like, you didn't understand it or you didn't actually watch it. Th- Which one was it? I watched it. I definitely watched it. Um, what else were you doing when you watched it? No, I, mean, I can't remember. We, we, we planned to record this episode a couple of times, so I did watch it about a month ago. But, um, did you I, watch it again? No. I've watched it three times. Why? Because we took ages to record this episode, so yeah, I like no, but I knew my notes my head. You know? So when I'm going to go on and talk about it, I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> That's just like, wait, do you think? Do you think the listeners actually expect that amount of preparation from you? No. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, uh, it was all right. I, I, I wasn't blown away with by it the first time I watched it. I wasn't blown away by it this time. I don't understand the love it gets. I totally understand the rotten tomatoes. You don't understand anything in the fucking film. <laughs> uh, they pull their eyes out. It's hell on a ship. Because because to me, hell is under the ground, right? Where they've, where they've uh, flown to is heaven. The sky is heaven. So it's already the wrong way around. See if you had like a submarine or like a, like a, like a mining trip. And they discovered hell. I'd be like, oh, okay, I'll buy it. I but you're believe, you're believing heaven and hell in a Christian sense that heaven's above, heaven, uh, hell's below, rather than just heaven and hell, hell only. Is... Hell, hell doesn't exist outside religion. But maybe it does. But it absolutely, one hundred percent does not. <laughs> but hell is just your worst nightmare. It doesn't have to be below you. It can, it is. Well, yeah, then if you're not only a religious point of view, hell would be another dimension. Like this film. Which is why they tore it into it. So it doesn't matter if they're up in space or in a submarine. In a submarine, you wouldn't be able to create a black hole. So they wouldn't be able to get to hell. Um. Alright. See if you had to. See if you. Do you, th- do you believe that you could cross dimensions? Do you think there's like other dimensions where there's like. stuff happening? I have no concept of space <laughs> and science, so I have no idea if that shit can happen. It's so weird, isn't it? Like, you could literally stare at the sky and fucking mindfuck your own mind. <laughs> you know? You're supposed to mind, really good. mindfucking somebody else's mind. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, well, you could sit there next to me and I could talk what I'm thinking and mindfuck your mind as well. You mindfuck everyone's mind. Every episode <laughs> we record, you mindfuck. Oh man! Do we need to talk Honestly, about there's just again? so much out there. Well, that's fucking where hell is, isn't it? An eternity spent in fucking Bruges. <laughs> all ties in. It all ties in. So, Event Horizon is one that you appreciate the group picked, or are you angry at the group for picking? I just don't understand it. I don't know why. Not- are, we, do we do a, are we doing a sci-fi podcast? Because I thought we were doing a horror movie podcast. This is such a horror film. This is more of a horror film than... Well, it's not more of a horror film than it is a space film, but what is a space film? You can't just, you can't just go to space and call it a space film. A space film? A sci-fi film? Right, so it's a sci-fi, but it's a sci-fi horror. Equal parts sci-fi, equal parts horror. I mean, it kind of has. I mean, do you want me to read my 
final summation. No, it is. It's infuriating that you say in Bruges his horror elements and this his horror elements when they are at the opposite ends of the horror element scale. Yeah, but they're still on the same scale. They're not actually. This is off it. This is just. This is on the horror scale, and in Bruges is in the comedy scale. <laughs> There's no such thing as a horror element scale. <laughs> Do you want my final summation? No. <laughs> no, it's a good one, I think. Ah, uh, doubt it. Right. It's alright. Sci-fi horror is not my favourite genre, though I do love sci-fi, and to an extent, all sci-fi is horror because of the claustrophobic elements. Unless it's like Star Wars and it's a multi-universe existence of species, but if it's people from Earth travelling out in the space, the element of not being able to go home is unsettling. However, the actual basis of what this movie is, I'm not sure. He's in the ship to hell... So return alive and kill a few folk. Why didn't he just start the gravity drive up on Earth and do it from there? It wasn't overly scary, but some tense moments and plenty cool imagery and CGI that holds up. They used it where it was necessary and didn't overdo it. Enjoyable, good cast, good movie. Three and a half sucked in bellies out of five. <laughs> I hate you so much. Yeah, why? Because you've talked about how you don't really care about this movie, you don't know what it does, you don't understand it, you don't really see what all the big fuss is about, and then you give it a three and a half, <laughs> which is on the upper end of the scale. I know, but I forgot what I'd rated it when I started reading through my notes again. It's a surprise to me when I get to the end as well. It's a learning experience for myself as well as oh, you guys. You, you, you can't easily a movie then give it three and a half. From everything you've said, you have to give it a 2.5. Three, to, match up with, to match no, to match up with your words, you have to give it a two point five. You can't give it a three point five because a three point five is one that you actually still really enjoyed. No, it's halfway. It's halfway. I'm sticking with. I'm. I'm not letting you turn me around. I'm sticking it's, to what I'm at. Three and a half. It's not halfway. It's not halfway because three is you liked it. Four is you really liked it. So it's halfway between really liking it and liking it. You didn't like it. <laughs> I must have thought if I gave it a three and a half. You must have. <laughs> it's your head what do you mean I must have if I gave it three and a half think did you like the movie did you like it enough to give it a three and a half if so everything else you've just said is bullshit well no I've just read that I gave it a three and a half so I must have like are you in control of your thoughts <laughs> are you in control of what you write <laughs> yeah but I mean this was a while ago this was like a month ago <laughs> time doesn't change that quickly did you like Event Horizon enough to give it a three and a half I want to say I wrote these notes on the 1st of May right so two weeks ago two weeks ago you wrote these notes and now you can't remember if you liked the film <laughs> I you're don't want to say you, I don't want you I don't want to change my score but your notes say you don't like it and your rating says you actually really like it no well, I don't really, really, like, really it. like it I was middle of the road it's not well, middle of the road's a 3 what right, are you doing right, throwing right, in right, 0.5 right, I'll make why it three, are you throwing I don't know 5? why there's a 0.5 there I'll make it 3 I think I was just sucked in by everybody saying how good it was. I just thought I had to say that. That's probably why all you say it's good, because you feel as if you have to. But this isn't a podcast about how, oh, here's what we think you want us to say. Oh, you need to learn how to rate movies. <laughs> and I'll tell you why, because I really like this film. I think it's great. There is some issues. The CGI is dodgy, and I don't really like that. I like the practical effects. I think the acting on like, across the board is excellent. I really like the story. I like the the idea of a hell in space because the only thing scarier than hell is putting it in space. Uh, and I would give it a three point five. 
You give a 3.5. That's why, yeah, that's why your 3.5 annoyed me, because we both gave a 3.5. One of us likes it, and one of us didn't. Alright, fair enough, fair enough. Oh, I can't handle you anymore. By 3.5, if it wasn't for the CGI, I would probably go with a 4, but I, I get really kind of wound up with... Really? Because I, I thought that was one of the best parts about it. Uh, are you backwards? <laughs> Like, as a person, are you backwards? <laughs> Everything people like, you don't like. Everything I don't know. Hank is I didn't, I didn't, think, shit, I was this, I didn't think I was this difficult until I started doing this podcast, and I've only oh. really noticed it re- of, of late as we started to get in the swing of it, 100 episodes in. <laughs> You're so difficult. Even Ryan commented in the group today saying, it's all right, Scott's shite-tasting movies is well-known. <laughs> the group even know it. I, I think, like, I think there's two Scots. I think there's... <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know what's going on with your head, man. I'm, this movie was yeah, shit. I, I didn't like it. I thought it was all rubbish. I didn't understand it. 3.5. <laughs> yeah, so three. I've changed it to three, right? Three. Do you do you watch like 100 greatest movies, get to number 32 and then just leave happy? <laughs> <laughs> well, number 32 must be the best. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, I, 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 I love you and despise you equal amounts uh, so yeah Event Horizon is a 3.5 from me and a 3.5 from Scott <laughs> uh, so we'll take a short break and then we'll be back to see if Scott's watched or understood anything else what up fuckers it's Bam Margera here from Jackass and Viva La Bam and you are listening to Scott and Liam versus Evil <laughs> I can't believe you gave that a 3.5 after what you said I, I, I didn't mean that. <laughs> uh, did you have you watched anything else? I have watched. I got an unlimited card since the last time we spoke, and um, I've been using it a couple of times. I went to see a movie called Wild Rose. I think I might even. I don't know if I put it in the group because it is. It's not even horror elements. It's a. It's like a country <laughs> movie. It's an indie movie about a girl who wants to be a country singer. It's. I knew it was British, but I didn't realise it's fully set in Glasgow. And it's it's just brilliant. There's loads of places that I recognise, like I go on a regular basis. Um, there's a scene shot in this uh, shopping centre at Silverburn where I was actually in the cinema in Silverburn watching the movie. The soundtrack is incredible. It's just brilliant. Like I recommend every single person to watch Wild Rose either in the cinema if you can get it. It's a small release. Probably Glasgow cinemas are still playing it, but uh, when it comes out on uh, on demand or DVD or whatever it gets, streaming services, I recommend to watch it. It's so fucking good. Yeah, I'd never, until you mentioned it, I'd never actually heard of it. Yeah. But now its trailer was playing that. in uh, the GFT when we were at Fright Fest. That's uh, so where I first heard of it, but obviously it was a silent trailer because the, the sound wasn't up. But um, yeah. Really well, I've heard my mum talk about it and my sister talk about it and stuff that they're all kind of, they've seen it and they're raving about it. Yeah. So, uh, That's I'll really check good. It out. Yeah. I also watched uh, The Curse of La Girona. Fuck, see, my Spanish is out the window. La Girona. La Girona. <laughs> and how was that? It, it was okay. No, it was, uh, it was. There was some good elements. There was some good jump scares at the end at the beginning. Right. But then it just felt as if it was the, the end. Just kept repeating itself. It kept doing the, the same thing over and over again. Like chase you, caught you here, or oh, chase you again, catch you here. And they try and tie it into the the conjuring universe. And like the whole idea of this legend is, if you hear the woman crying, um, that's you fucked. And see, that's scary and creepy. And see if they had expanded that like a lot further, mm-hmm. then I think that it would have been a scarier movie. But they don't really touch on that part. They just touch on this 
you know, creepy ghosts coming to get get you. It's it's a, there's a lot of parts that really are questionable. Like how how can people still be making huge cinema movies that are that terrible? Like that like small elements of them that are that terrible. Like who's making these decisions? Why are fucking idiots putting money into making bad decisions? Like why can't like do you know what I mean? Like human beings are yeah. making these movies are the same human beings that are watching them or like us talking about them. Like what makes you think that that's good and everybody else realizes it's bad? Which I realize is exactly what I've just done at Event Horizon. So that's why it happens. <laughs> Sorry, that's why it happens. <laughs> oh, so it sounds like you're totally on the fence way, Costa La Llorona. Yeah, four. Yeah, forty five. See what you got five. <laughs> Uh, what have you watched? What, uh, what have I been watching? Uh, two seconds to get my letterboxed up because I don't remember. Well, well, while you're looking for your letterbox, I want to tell people that I watched a black and white movie yesterday uh, that was a fucking masterpiece. It's called High Noon. It's a cowboy movie, but it is fucking brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. How old is it? Uh, I don't know, the 50s maybe? I yeah. can't remember. Gary Cooper and uh, Grace Kelly and the boy who was in uh, Hot Shots. Remember the guy that played the president? Yeah. Uh, Bridges. He, is, he, is he really young in it? Yeah, he's, yeah, he's pretty young in it. Uh, his name's Brid- Lionel Bridges, I think, maybe. And I t- it turned out it's Jeff Bridges' dad. Didn't realise oh. that. Yeah. There you go. Uh, well, that's good. I'm glad you ended the podcast on a high that you, yeah. you like black and white cinema. High noon. Yeah, honestly, watch high noon. It's fucking bright. Yeah, I'm still watching all my samurai films. Uh, I, I just, I don't watch things that aren't in Japanese now it's weird have you learned any Japanese? no absolutely not I have no idea what MD's fucking saying (laughs) Uh, but I was looking at Samurai Swords yesterday because I figured that well if I'm going to watch the movies I might as well have a sword in the room how good I mean exactly are you getting one? I'm thinking about it yeah I also want to have one for when the world ends you know you need to be prepared can you imagine the sword being your only weapon at the end of the world though? Like, it good up close if you know how to use it, but neither of us would know how to use it and be fucked. Yeah, and there's got to be some fucking heavy gang of absolute, like, nut jobs, like Scottish nut jobs, like, that are coming come at you, like, ten of them coming at you with broken bucky bottles, and that sword's coming after you and getting rammed right up your butthole before, you know, what's going on. <laughs> so, what have I watched? Uh, I just sat around movies. I watched the extremely wicked, shockingly evil. Oh, yeah, yeah. So did I, yeah. What do you think? Uh, yeah. I enjoyed it. Yeah, me too. Uh, kind of like you, where I get where people are coming from with the that it shows Ted Bundy in quite a nice, charming light, but I also get it that that's just looking at it from such a different perspective, maybe to show you how these girls fell for it. Yeah, and yeah. It, it's that's a really kind of it's really fresh and interesting. No, no, no. When you posted about it, I read it and then I watched it and I was like, I totally agree with Scott for once. Yeah. Uh, it's a fresh look at it where it's, do you know what, let's not look at the kind of badness, evilness in them, let's look at how these women were so easily manipulated by yeah. this guy. And because, uh, one of the things, is because he's so handsome and charming and because, like, you just, unless you're like a fully, like, serial killer, like, researcher, um, I remember them as the, the guy in the Beatle who would, you know, wore the bow tie and would pick up girls and kill them. But if you look into his actual crimes, like, he would, he, he kept, like, knew where a body was and kept going back to it for, like, four months while it was decaying and having sex with it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It was, it was extremely wicked, shocking and vile. It's the way it should be done, because there's no point in killing somebody and just leaving it. You might as well get used to it. <laughs> Until what's described as putrefaction occurs. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I, I really enjoyed Zac Efron. 
was excellent. Yeah, right. Absolutely. All, all his mannerisms and stuff. Yeah, he was excellent. I, I'd probably still, yeah, I think a three and a half is what I gave it because it didn't, it didn't break the mold for me at all. But it was one that if it came on, I wouldn't turn off, and I still, I still enjoyed it. So Sky Cinema, check that out. Yeah. Uh, also watched the man who killed Hitler and then Bigfoot. Any good? Uh, it is, and it's it's weird. It's not what I was expecting at all. I was expecting like I, I ordered the DVD or the Blu-ray from America because I didn't know it was coming out here, mm-hmm. and literally like three days after it arrived here, it came out in DVD. So, yeah. Yeah. Fuck you, America. <laughs> I don't know why. Fuck you, America. Uh, it, it is so weird. It's like a character study of Sam Elliott's character. And it's actually quite kind of moving and heartfelt at times. For for all it's kind of daft subject matter as well. But uh, I think you might quite like it. Yeah, I'm as well. I might give it a go. I've seen it like thinking about for ages, but I've never really give it like read about what it's about or that. But I do like Sam Elliott, so I'm up for watching it. It's got it's got a daft name, which obviously brings it then. So when you say it, it's like oh, hit on Bigfoot, oh, that sounds fucking mental. Yeah, but it's not like that. At all, which right. is which was that really interesting. Yeah, I liked it, and again, all than that, I have just been watching uh, samurai films. Oh. But I went through like a two week period there where I didn't watch a single film because of Game of Thrones and work and just sitting in the dark. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm the, I'm the same with work just now, man. It's totally absolutely kicking my ass. Um, uh, so that, I'm literally counting down to the weekend so bad, what like Christmas. What would you do if on Saturday morning, me, Duncan and Baz all text, like just maybe 10, 20 minutes apart, just saying that we can't go? I'll be absolutely grief-stricken. I'll be mega grief-stricken if you say you can't go and then one of accidentally Snapchats that he's actually went to the pub without me. But if he's genuinely cancelled, I'll just be like, oh man, it's so much of a bummer. Yeah. I'm now thinking about doing the fake cancellation, going to the pub anyway, but... <laughs> I could be cute. I could think it's fun. I'll put my pants on and then kill myself in the bath if you do that. <laughs> <laughs> right, okay, heavy. I would do it. Uh, nah, I'm look. I'm looking forward to it as well. It'll be good to hang out with Duncan and Baz. Yeah. Uh, it'll be good to see Duncan again. Yeah. I get. I get so drunk with him a few weeks ago doing the black metal podcast or podcast under the stairs. Like I drank a lot. <laughs> And uh, I listened to it. No, you silly. didn't. You didn't sound as if you were that drunk. You know, I listened to that episode. Not even at the end. Yeah, yeah. All the way oh, through. See, at, the end, at the end, I thought I actually sound like Scott now. I don't know what I'm fucking <laughs> talking about. <laughs> I absolutely love Lords of Chaos 1.5. Eh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah. So we will. If you are in the group, watch out on Saturday because there will be live streams. Oh, there'll be live there'll streams. Be... Right. Duncan loves a live stream. <laughs> there'll, there'll be. There'll be kind of laughs are plenty uh, if you're not in the group get over and join the group so you can see it if you don't do facebook and you're just like i'm not going to join the group so stop fucking telling me to do it then we'll maybe try and put things up on instagram and twitter as well maybe. and if you only listen to the episodes through your subscription service be apple podcasts or i think you can get us on spotify or soundcloud or whatever you're listening and you're only listening to the episodes then i hope you've enjoyed the episode and you miss out on our Drunken shenanigans. Uh, you'll hear all about them in episode 97, which is coming up next week. Which is my pick, and I cannot wait to decide on what it will be. <laughs> <laughs> and whether he likes it or doesn't like it. Yeah, I'm going to pick a fucking good one, so you all better be ready. 
<laughs> uh, so yeah we'll see you guys next week bye goodbye